Living Success Christian Center presents another faith-building message from Pastor Joe Armstrong. Well, bless the Lord. Thank you for your company today. I do appreciate you joining with me as we look into God's Word together. Please turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. And as we do that, I'll just pause and just pray for us and pray for this study. Father God, Lord, we just appreciate Thank you so much for all that you do for us. Lord God, as we look into your word today, Holy Spirit, we thank you for actionable intelligence. We thank you for revelation knowledge, understanding that we can see and embrace, take it into our heart and mind, and Lord, enjoy the benefits of obedience from it. And Lord, we ask you to show us something special today, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Now, Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. The study is taken from verses 10 right through to 15. I won't read all of them today. But starting in verse 10 in the Amplified, Paul writes, For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope, now in verse 11, that if possible I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. Now it's a powerful verse, or verses, those two verses, 10 and 11. Now, one of the things that I see here, and I've been reading this passage of scripture for, for decades, trying to extract more information and more nuggets out of it, and I truly appreciate what Paul's heart and his character and his habits, these sorts of things that make up this quite remarkable man. Uh, verse 10, for my determined purpose is my determined purpose is think about those words my determined purpose is now determination is something that we can own and develop if we choose to his determined purpose is now, very definite about that okay so determination is yours to own and develop if you want to now, that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person, speaking of Jesus, obviously. Yeah. So we, we look into this, and, I, and another thing that I see here is, and I think it's important that we understand that determination and purpose together, for my determined purpose is understanding and determination and purpose together as they all come together they partner together in the correct focused direction and they bring us into a place of being able to know and to access and to understand the power outflowing from his resurrection for my determined purpose is that i may know him now the word know means to feel can speak be sure understand yes if i can feel and can speak and be sure of and to understand the Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, 
I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Wouldn't that be a wonderful place to be in, yeah? Where we're understanding the wonders and perceiving and recognizing and understanding these wonders of the Christ himself, the person of the Christ, the anointing that he has, Jesus as a person, his nature, his characteristics, as well as the wonders of his own person. And in a way, in the same way, come to know the power that's outflowing from his resurrection. That outward flowing power, the power of his resurrection, that I may come to know him in the power of his resurrection. Yes, very important. Now, the other thing that I see in this, and this is, these are just things that I've mused over and considered and some points that I've jotted down. Determination is the means by which we access that knowledge. Most certainly we need to read our Bibles and all of that sort of thing, but we need to do it in a determined way with purpose to bring understanding. So determination is one of the ingredients in the process, in the recipe of gaining access to that knowledge to progressively know the Christ and the power outflowing from his resurrection. Determination is very important. Yeah, Return unto me and I'll return unto you, saith the Lord. You knock and you will find. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Let me get that right. Yes. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. It's up to us to seek after God. We reach and he responds. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, if you're going to be diligent in seeking God, there's going to be some determination there. Determination, I believe, is one of the weapons that helps us protect our focus. It's one of the weapons that helps us protect our focus. So determination, as I just said a moment ago, is part of the recipe, part of the ingredients by which we access that knowledge to progressively know the Christ and the power flowing out from his resurrection. Now, verse 12, not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of, to grasp and to make my own that for which Christ Jesus the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me his own. Isn't that a strong verse? So I think determination is also one of those things that helps us to press on, to lay hold of, to grasp, and to make our own that for which Jesus Christ laid hold of us and made us his own. So what am I talking about here? Purpose. Yes, the reason for your uh, existence on the earth, that particular assignment that God has for you to lay hold of that, that purpose. And we do it with a degree of determination, which moves us forward into a place of starting to access the knowledge. We start to become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person. Yeah, more and more clearly, more strongly and more clearly. And that in the same way, we come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. See how it all ties together. And the key ingredient, well, there's a few of them, but one of the main ingredients is determination. There's got to be a determination. 
Yeah, it's really important. So now if we're going to determine, what does determine mean? Well, if you look it up in the dictionary, it says things like be of an unwavering mind. Now, we understand that a wavering mind or a unstable mind or a double-minded person being double-minded or of a wavering mind is one of the ingredients for instability because James tells us that a double-minded man is unstable yes so if we're going to be unwavering that helps us and we become determined that helps us uh, escape the clutches of being double-minded now to to be determined also and to determine to do something yeah the word determine also means to be firm in purpose or belief very important so we see paul here some of the character traits of this wonderful apostle this man that the holy spirit recorded some two-thirds of the new testament for us through this gentleman now we see some of the character traits the habits the uh, way he applied himself and the way he structured his own beliefs his own attitudes his own commitment levels his own disciplines yeah and he wraps it up in my determined purpose is and that's a very very strong four words my determined purpose is that i may know the christ yes how strong is that now reading down further from verse 13 i do not consider brethren that i have captured and made it my own yet but one thing i do it is my one aspiration. Now, when you see something like that written and recorded for all time in Scripture, now remember God's word, you know, thy word, O Lord, is eternal. Yes. <laughs> so Psalm 119 is full of information about how eternal and how everlasting God's word is. Thy word, O Lord, is forever and ever. Yes. Now, verse 13 Paul says, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do. It is my one aspiration. Now, that's a big sentence for someone like Paul. This is my one aspiration. I forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on, verse 14, I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. So let those of us who are mature, spiritually mature and full grown, have this mind. Wow. <laughs> if we're going to be spiritually mature and full grown, but based on scripture, we're going to have this same mindset and hold these same convictions. Have this mind, hold these convictions, and if in any respect you have a different attitude of mind, God will make that clear to you also. Now, that's a very, very big sentence there, verse 15. Wow, there's some serious information in there. 
Paul tells us the attitude, the mindset, the approach that we need to have, the convictions that we need to have. And if we don't have them, get ready because God will make that very clear to us also. Why? So we can change. This is blunt stuff. So uh, it's a powerful, wonderful series of verses here in particular, I believe, from 10 through to 15. We see in verse 13, I do not consider brethren that I've captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do. It is my one aspiration. Now, determination working in our life, assisting us in progressively knowing the Christ and the power of his resurrection, that forward momentum all combined together, I believe, helps us maintain a sane and realistic approach to where we're currently located. And it helps us to properly deal with the past. So Paul's saying, forget what lies behind. When are we going to let the past be past at last? I think it's Joyce Meyer that that coined that phrase, uh, perhaps. Let the past be past at last. So we forget what lies behind. We strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Verse 14, after having dealt with the past, then determination helps us to press on toward the goal and helps us maintain our upward direction. Christ Jesus is calling us upward. We need to be moving in an upward direction. There needs to be proactivity on our side That And I call the proactivity, based on what Paul's saying here, a determination. There's a proactivity, there's a mindset, there's convictions for our belief system. We become of an unwavering mind and we become firm in purpose and belief. Yes, this is what determination, the package of determination brings to our table. Now, verse 15, so let those of us who are spiritually mature and full-grown, have this mind and hold these convictions. Now, there's no escaping that. If we're going to get along with Paul, then we're going to think like this. If we're going to be on the same page that Paul's on, and, you know, we obviously, he was someone that developed very, very close relationship with the Lord, with, with, with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, had a great understanding of the Trinity. And Paul is saying, if we're going to get along here, not only with them, but with me, <laughs> you're going to have to be on the same page as me regarding this. And he bundles it up by saying, those of us who are spiritually mature. Now, that's a direct inference as to how mature we are as we grow up in Christ. Well, if we're not that spiritually mature, then we're going to be of a wavering mind. We're not going to be someone of a determined purpose. Our quest, this one thing I do, it is my one aspiration. Yeah, I forget what lies behind. Some people are so caught up with what happened to them previously. Well, obviously, they're not moving forward, flowing in this. Yeah. 
We have to, as I said, we have to be able to let the past be past at last. Move on. Get it together. Look, it is what it is. Let's just deal with it and move on. Nothing we can do about it. We can't undo things that have been done and said. We can only intervene with thoughts and not yet done actions. Okay, so let's change the way we operate, do things differently, and we create a different outcome. I think uh, I've recently taught a series on air about the four O's, order, opportunities, outcome, and obedience or outcomes. They're four things that God, uh, they're very, very big in his world, in his mind, in his heart. Yeah, outcomes, opportunities, order and obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Yeah. So the thing that I see here and or one of the things is determination gives us a strength or the ability, if you like, to develop and then hold on to this correct mindset and correct convictions. Because what Paul is saying is a correct mindset to hold these convictions and this mindset. You're to have this same mind. Well, hang on, if I don't agree with that. Well, then he's very clear. God's going to reveal it to us and we have to change. So <laughs> this determination, this determined purpose, I believe, is one of the things that helps empower us, that gives us the strength, the ability to develop and then hold on to the correct mindset, to deal with the battles that come up as we change our mindset. Remember Ephesians 4.23, you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay, as we change our mindset, there can be some battles there. We might have to look at relationships because I don't think like this anymore. So yeah, therefore I'm not a bird of that feather and I don't flock together with you. Okay, birds of a feather flock together as the old saying goes. Okay, so what happens if I'm not of those feathers anymore? It's a, it's a big thing topic here that Paul has raised. We have to move forward into this particular mindset and these particular convictions in a straight up way. He's very frank about it. My determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more. This is not I'd like to. This is I have structured my life so that I can achieve this. And Verse 13, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do. It is my one aspiration. I forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I mean, he has conditioned himself to this. This is something that he has seen. It's obviously a revelation that's enormous in his spirit because it's taken over how he thinks. It's created a mindset. It's created convictions. It's created in him an unwavering mind and a position of being firm in purpose and belief. Life actually becomes very easy. Yeah. And like a person said, Joe, it's life for a frog is so easy. He knows he's a frog. He sits on his lily pad and he croaks and then he hops into the water and he swims and he catches flies and things. And he knows he's a frog. He doesn't try and be a tractor. 
in the farmer's paddock next door. He knows exactly who he is. He knows exactly what he is. And he does all the things based around who he is and what he is. Do we behave like that? Because Paul is saying, if we're going to develop this set of convictions, then it's going to be based around this deep and intimate acquaintance, perceiving, recognizing, understanding the wonders of the Christ, so that in the same way, I can come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. This is very, very serious information in these few verses. Now, let's look at verse 15 again for a moment. So let those of us who are spiritually mature, full-grown, have this mind, hold these convictions. And if in any respect you have a different attitude of mind, God will make that clear to you also. And then he says, only let us hold true to what we have already attained and walk and order our lives by that. So, verse 15, the determination that we have and apply for us to stay on course will also help uh, correctly assist us and help us to correctly deal with those people that disagree with us. Yeah, If you've got people that disagree with you, then being of your determined purpose, if there's any respect, you have a different attitude of mind, God will make that clear to you also. So Paul is saying here that those people that are going to disagree with us, leave them up to God. Leave them up to the Lord. He will show them. He will teach them. He will educate them. And we don't have to get into strife, obviously. Very, very important. So, friends, when we come together next week, I'm going to show you some aspects of determination in the lives of Bible champions. And we're going to search the scriptures for some do-it kind of wisdom. I thank you for your company today, and I do look forward to you joining me on this station next week. God bless. Make sure you go to church this weekend, and always remember the wonderful words of Paul when he said, You be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Joe. We trust this message has been a blessing to you. Please visit us at www.livingsuccess.org to view our resources and downloads. That's www.livingsuccess.org. Living Success Christian Centre presents another faith-building message from Pastor Joe Armstrong. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Philippians chapter 3. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible today. And just as you do that, I'll just pause for a moment and pray for us. Father God, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the way you interact in our lives every day and take care of things, so many things that we don't see. The devourer is rebuked for our sake, as you promised in Matthew and Malachi chapter 3, for the tither, Lord. We don't have to have eyes in the back of our heads. So, Lord, thank you so much that the devourer is rebuked for our sake. And Lord, I just thank you for revelation knowledge. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading us and guiding us into the truth of your word again today. And so we ask it in Jesus' name. Now, last week I started a series discussing determination. Paul in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says, For my determined purpose is. And verses 10 through to 15 uh, and 16 as well, uh, particularly, I believe, particularly, 
uh, powerful and strong verses contain many directional things in there for us. Now, I said last week that we would look at some of the lives of Bible champions and look into some of these things and see what we can learn about determination. I think determination is one of the weapons that helps us to protect focus. It's important that we be able to remain focused and determination is one of those weapons that helps protect our focus. So what do we see here? Let's look at verse uh, 10 in Philippians 3 and these I'm going to give you 20 things that I think are well worthwhile we determine to do them. What I call do it wisdom. Do it wisdom. Actionable intelligence. Things that we discover and we determine to change. We determine to build into our life in order to become spiritually mature. As Paul himself said in verse 15, so let those of us who are spiritually mature and full grown have this mind and hold these convictions. And if in any respect you have a different attitude of mind, God will make that clear to you also. Imagine being in a position to be that uh, in touch with the Lord and that committed and that sure of what you're saying that he turns around and says, and look, if you disagree with me, God will change your mind. Isn't that a powerful sentence? So some things that we need, I believe, to determine to change or determine to build into our own life. And remember, to determine means to be of an unwavering mind. It also means to be firm in purpose or belief. So things that we determine to change or build into our life. Verse 10, determine to progressively, deeply and intimately know the Christ. Perceiving, recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and clearly. Verse 10, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving, recognizing, understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Yeah. And then the next one is determine to know the power outflowing from his resurrection personally first hand as an individual i need to determine that i will know the power that is flowing out from his resurrection that's the next part of the verse and that i may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection which it exerts over believers yeah now very very strong if you're in a situation where you personally know firsthand about the power that flows out from his resurrection. You've determined to know that, to experience that, to live that, to have that as a part of your life. That's the life-changing power of Almighty God alive in you. Now we see in verse 12, Paul says, Not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of and to grasp and to make my own that for which Christ Jesus the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me his own. So I think we need to determine to press on and lay hold of and develop that forward momentum attitude. We're developing that forward momentum attitude to press hold, 
uh, press on and lay hold of. Never giving in just because of disagreement or difficulties or obstacles, particularly obstacles caused by our flesh, our own flesh. Yeah. Now, we're just determined to push through all of that. We can. We do it every day. There's levels of determination that are well and truly alive in our life. We've just got to expand on that into areas that Paul instructs us are well worthwhile and also other uh, Bible champions from the scriptures where we can see clearly their determined attitude, their unwavering mind, them being so firm in purpose or belief. So every day or hour of doubt or procrastination, I believe, stops forward momentum. Now, forward momentum is very important because we build momentum, we build momentum, we build momentum, we build momentum, and we build it and build it. And that force of momentum is building and build, and you live life, you go through life, you build momentum, you build momentum. It's like saving, you know, $20 every week when you first get your first job, you know, and by the time you're 40, your $20 is, you know, $200 or $2,000 or something every week that you're saving. And you build that momentum and that force of momentum one day it just flips over and it becomes a flow of inevitability and it's unstoppable when momentum moves into its phase of inevitability it's too late you can't stop it yeah very important so paul is saying to press on so i think we need to determine to press on, lay hold of, develop that forward momentum attitude, never giving up, never giving in just because of disagreements or, or difficulties or obstacles of the flesh, these things like that. Very important. Another thing that we can determine what I call do it wisdom. In verse 13, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I think we need to determine to leave the past behind, be of an unwavering mind and decide to leave the past behind. All the mistakes, all the errors, all the bad decisions, forget them, move on. Move on to what lies ahead. Determine to do that. Remember the four O's of God? Obedience, opportunities, order, and then outcomes. Yeah? Obedience, opportunities, order, and then outcomes outcomes. As we do the first three, we're obedient. God gives us opportunities. We create order into our life all of the time. We're increasing order, increasing order. Then God does the outcomes. As we reach, he responds. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Very interesting, isn't it? So next thing we see in verse 14 that I believe we need to determine to build into our life. I press on. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. I think we need to determine to hate where we currently are located. Determine to hate our present restrictions, yeah? 
if we're a born-again child of God, restrictions, whilst they're a natural thing in the natural world, but they should be somewhat of an unnatural thing for us. Jesus said, all things are possible to them that believeth, yeah? When Jairus' child had died and they said, don't trouble the master anymore, Jesus looked at him and said, only believe, only believe, and removed that obstruction, that unnatural, it was unnatural to the Lord. So therefore, I mean, that's why, you know, they took the boats and he had to walk back across the water. Okay, so these unnatural things or these natural things that try and bind us and cause us to be subject to them. We learn to hate where we currently are. One thing I think it was Smith Wigglesworth that said, the only thing I'm satisfied with is my dissatisfaction of myself. Isn't that strong? The only thing I'm satisfied with is my dissatisfaction of me. So habits are very powerful. I believe a habit is God's automatic success system. Our habits must be good, must be scriptural, must be holy. Otherwise, they become hell's method to destroy us. And remember, it's a fully automated method. Yeah? We give in to the cravings of our flesh and we eat and eat and eat and become obese and have a heart attack and die. Or, you know, perhaps. Do you, do you see the, the progression here? So the thing is, with habits, they need to be good, biblical, Holy Spirit-led habits. And the same way that bad habits as an automated system can destroy us, Good habits preserve us and empower us and strengthen us and build us up and deliver us. Now, one of the things that I've noticed over uh, regarding habits over the years, if you can tolerate it, you'll never change it. If you can tolerate it, you'll never change it. So therefore, don't complain about things that you permit to go on in your life. Very important. What are the habits that are allowed to go on in your life, your eating habits, your friendship habits, your amusement habits, how much television time is there? Do you spend more time playing golf than you do in the study of the word and prayer? Yes? Examine each area of life and identify the habits that are taking place there. What are the habits that are allowed to occur in your household? Very important. We learn and we determine to hate where we currently are located based on the idea of I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Yeah? So, very important verse there, verse 14. Now, another, another very important um, determination that we need to have in our life, I believe, we must develop, is found in Psalm 66. Very strong. Psalm 66. And in verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I regard iniquity, if I hold iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, 1 John 
in the book of John, in 1 John, in chapter 1. In verses 8 and 9, if we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we're sinners, we delude and lead ourselves astray, and the truth which the gospel presents is not in us, does not dwell in our hearts. If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he's faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything that's not in conformity to his will in purpose, thought, and action. How good is those two verses? Yeah? So one of the things that I think that we must determine to do is to confess all sin. We must confess all sin. This is do it wisdom. Confess all sin. It's difficult to expect a miracle from God to maintain expectation with sin active and alive in our lives. Yeah. Now, we see in verse 9 here, if we freely admit that we have sinned and we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continually cleanse us from all unrighteousness, etc. Okay? So, what does that tell me? Well, my road to recovery is repentance. Yeah? Our road to recovery is repentance. Now, remember, God is love and love forgives any of your mistakes, any of your sins. They've never, ever shocked God. Another thing, too, we must never justify sin and never blame others for decisions that we made or allowed, that we permitted. And it's always very important to repent immediately and get any sin out of our life. Our road to recovery is repentance. So we obviously be of an unwavering mind, we're firm in purpose or belief, and we determine, this is one of our determinations, we determine to confess all sins. Yeah? Get rid of the sin. Now, another determination that I'd like to give you, something that we determine to do, do it wisdom, is in Proverbs, in Chapter 28, and in verse 13, he who covers his sins, his transgressions, will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes his sins will obtain mercy. Now that's huge. He who covers his sins will not prosper. Whoever confesses and forsakes his sins will obtain mercy. Now, if we look in Psalm 32... This is part of this point that I'd like to bring to you in Psalm 32. And in verse 5, we see, I acknowledge my sin to you, to God, obviously, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, continually unfolding the past till all is told. Then you instantly forgave me the guilt and iniquity of my sin. Selah, pause and calmly think of that. So the determination, the next one that I've got for you, I think it's very important that we determine to never attempt to cover up sin. Literally, I mean, think it through with me. Only a fool would ever try to deceive God. Yeah? I mean, he saw you do it. He, he, I mean, he, saw, he was there 
watching while we did it, and then to turn around and try and deceive him and say, no, that wasn't me. I remember one time one of my children was just little, and in the pantry cupboard, maybe, I don't know, two or three years old or something, in the pantry cupboard and got into the cookie jar and got into the biscuits and there was chocolate biscuits all over her face and, you know, all over her clothes and chocolate up her cheeks and chocolate everywhere and biscuits on the floor and she had handfuls of biscuits. And I said, what are you doing? Are you in the cookie jar? And she went, no, it's something that we've all done somewhere along the line. So only a fool would ever try to deceive God. Now, our confession releases his flow of mercy, yeah? Our weaknesses do not confuse God or confuse or cloud his delivering and forgiving power. So it's very important that we determine to never, ever cover up sin, yeah? Now, turn over with me to uh, Romans chapter 2, please, and I'll show you this. Um, it's, it's, there's a, a lot in here. And in verse 5, But by your callous stubbornness and impenitence of heart, you are storing up wrath and indignation for yourself on the day of wrath and indignation, when God's righteous judgments, just doom, will be revealed. For he will render to every man according to his works, just as his deeds deserve. And then you read all the way through down to verse 10. To those who by patient persistence and well-doing, springing from piety, seek unseen but sure glory and honor, the eternal blessedness of immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking, self-willed, disobedient to the truth, but responsive to wickedness, there will be indignation and wrath, and there will be a tribulation and anguish and calamity and constraint for every soul of man who habitually does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek, the Gentile. But glory and honor and heart peace shall be awarded to everyone who habitually does good, the Jew first and also to the Greek, the Gentile, yeah? Now, what am I saying here? I think it's very, very important we determine to drive disobedience and any rebellion out of our lives. That's so important. Is it what? Isaiah chapter 1, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, but if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it in Isaiah chapter 1. But I think before that, in uh, chapter 1 and in verse 17, uh, learn to do right, seek justice, relieve the oppressed and correct the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They're red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land, etc. So it's very important we drive disobedience in any rebellion out of our life. Each seed of disobedience will always grow some kind of hindrance or tragedy or loss. When it comes to spiritual things, I think then, this is something I've observed in some 30 years of ministry now, when it comes to spiritual things, I think that we won't really advance beyond our last act of disobedience. 
when operating within the kingdom. Read about the battle of Ai when Achan attempted to cover up the disobedience. We cannot afford the losses that rebellion and disobedience create. So determine to drive disobedience and any rebellion out of your life. Have a great week. God bless. And I look forward to your company again next week. Thank you, Pastor Joe. We trust this message has been a blessing to you. Please visit us at www.livingsuccess.org to view our resources and downloads. That's www.livingsuccess.org. Living Success Christian Centre presents another faith-building message from Pastor Joe Armstrong. Well, friends, thank you for your company today. I do appreciate you joining with me as we look further into the study of determination and what determination means for us from a scriptural perspective. Now, to determine means to be of an unwavering mind or to be firm in purpose or belief. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, he said, My determined purpose is to know him and the power of his resurrection, etc., etc. And you can read that in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through to 16. And I've been giving us a list of things that I think we need to determine to do, determine to act upon. I call it do it wisdom around determination, to determine. Now, I said last week that we need, I believe, to determine to drive disobedience and rebellion out of our life. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17, learn to do right. Now, if we're going to learn to do right, then we're deliberately driving disobedience and rebellion, which are wrong, out of our life, obviously. Seek justice, relieve the oppressed, correct the oppressor, defend Defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Verse 18, Isaiah chapter 1. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. They are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Rebellion to God's word, rebellion to proper authority will always result in some form of punishment some you know the mouth of the lord has spoken it we we can't escape that i mean it's pretty definitive yes so rebellion and disobedience will always be punished somewhere somehow they'll create some kind of hindrance or tragedy or loss Now, whether it's this life or the next life, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Very, very strong. Now, in Proverbs chapter 1, and this is very strong as well. In Proverbs chapter 1, and reading from verse 20, wisdom 
cries aloud in the street. She raises a voice in the markets. She cries at the head of the noisy intersections in the chief gathering places. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, open to evil, will you love being simple? Will you love being open to evil? And the scoffers delight in scoffing, and the self-confident fools hate knowledge. How long is this going to go on for? Yeah, this is this is blunt stuff. Verse 23, if you will turn, repent and give heed to my reproof, behold, I, wisdom, will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you have refused to answer, have stretched out my hand and no man heeded it. And you treated as nothing all my counsel and would accept none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when the thing comes that shall cause you terror and panic. Ouch. When your panic comes as a storm and desolation and your calamity comes on as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then will they call upon me wisdom, but I will not answer. They'll seek me early and diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge did not choose the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord, would accept none of my counsel, despised all of my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the backsliding of the simple shall slay them and the careless ease of self-confident fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkens to me shall dwell securely and in confident trust and be quiet without fear or dread of evil. Now, isn't that a powerful, powerful uh, group of scriptures? It's very important we drive disobedience and rebellion and and the hating of knowledge. Why would you hate knowledge? Yeah, and there are people that do, though. So cannot afford the losses that rebellion and disobedience and ignoring wisdom create. Let me read you something from Genesis chapter 18. I love these couple of verses. Genesis 18, uh, and the Lord said in verse 17, shall I hide from Abraham, my friend and servant, what I'm going to do? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed through him, and shall bless themselves by him. For I have known, chosen, and acknowledged him as my own, so that he may teach and command his children and the sons of his house after him to keep the way of the Lord and to do what is just and righteous, so that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has promised him. Isn't that enormous? That which God has brought to Abraham and upon Abraham was because he taught his children, his sons of his household, so his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord, to do what is just and righteous. And then God, because Abraham did that, God was in a position where he brought all of those things that he said about Abraham made them happen. Isn't that enormous? So think about this. If we don't keep the way of the Lord, if we don't do what is just and righteous, do we cancel our future 
And do we cancel the future for our children? How enormous is this? See, friends, it's very important we determine to drive disobedience and any rebellion far, far, far out of our lives. So important. Now, Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22 and verses 24 and 25. Make no friendships with a man given to anger, and with a wrathful man do not associate, lest you learn his ways and get yourself into a snare. Now, Proverbs chapter 26 and in verse 21. This is very strong as well. Verse 21, as coals are to hot embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man to inflame strife. Wow, that's really large. So is a quarrelsome man to inflame strife. Now, in 1 Corinthians and in chapter 15, verses 33 and 34, do not be so deceived and misled, evil companionships, communion and associations, corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. Awake from your drunken stupor and return to sober sense and your right minds and sin no more. And sin no more. Wow. So what the point that I'm trying to make here is that we need to determine to withdraw from angry, contentious, strife, comfortable people and from any abusive friendships. Some people are easily angered and do, and it's not a righteous anger either, yeah? Some people just have a chip on their shoulder. They're just permanently negative and grumpy. Some people live perpetually in strife cycles. Some people simply want to use you and abuse your relationship. I think there are four kinds of people operating in and around your life. Those who add to you, those who subtract from you, those who divide, there are those that divide, and there are those who bring multiplication into your life. The angry, the negative, the grumpy, the strife-filled, and the users, they're all troublemakers, yeah? They spread discontent, they spread doubt, frustration, distrust. Don't maintain relationships with such people. What is it? Psalm 119, I think it's about verse 63 that says, My companions are those that fear God and keep his precepts. When wrong people leave your life, wrong things stop happening. So we need to determine to withdraw from angry, contentious, strife-comfortable people. <laughs> Very important. Now, James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. But be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. And for anyone who listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he's like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror, for he thoughtfully observes himself, then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it, and perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his life, in his life of obedience. So determined to be a person that does and keeps and lives the commandments and the word of God. Look at this same idea in 1 John. In 1 John chapter 2 and in 
verses 3 through to 6. And this is how we may discern daily by experience that we're coming to know him, to perceive, recognize, understand, and become better acquainted with him if we keep, bear in mind, observe, and practice his teachings, his precepts, his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, I perceive, recognize, and understand him, and am acquainted with him, but fails to keep and obey his commandments, his teachings, is a liar, and the truth of the gospel is not in him. But he who keeps and treasures his word, who bears in mind his precepts, who observes his messages in its entirety, truly in him, has the love of and for God been perfected completed, reached maturity. By this we may perceive and be sure that we are in him. So determine to be a person that does and keeps and lives the commandments of the word of God. As we keep the word of God, the love of God is perfected in us. Faith which works by love will then be able to produce results for you. Being a doer of the word, the perfect law of freedom empowers and increases and blesses your life. So strong, so important, being a doer of the word. Now, look with me, please, in Proverbs chapter 3. We be uh, determined to be a person that does and keeps and lives the commandments and the word of God. And we also need to be a person that determines to make the word of God the first and also the final authority in our own lives. Verse 13 of Proverbs chapter 3. Happy, blessed, fortunate, enviable is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom and the man who gets understanding, drawing it forth from God's word and life's experiences. For the gaining of it is better than the gaining of silver and the profit of it better than fine gold. Skillful and godly wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you can wish for is to be compared to her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor determine to make the word of God the first and the final authority of your own life. Now in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 5, get skillful and godly wisdom, get understanding, discernment, comprehension and, and interpretation. Do not forget and do not turn back from the words of my mouth. Forsake not wisdom, and she will keep, defend, protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is, get wisdom, skillful and godly understanding, for skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you have gotten, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Prize wisdom highly. Exalt her and she will exalt and promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will give your head a wreath of gracefulness, a crown of beauty and glory will she deliver to you. Determine to make the word of God the first and also the final authority in your life. God's word is spirit and life.
God's word creates faith. God's word will change the course and the direction of our own lives. God, his word, will heal our body and fix our finances. Our minds gather the filth and the grime of human opinions, man's ways and the world's systems every day. Every day we're subject to the filth and the grime of the day-to-day events going on in the world around us, yeah? Now we need to, what does the scripture say? The washing of the water of the word. We need to read our scriptures every day. Thing that I've been telling my children. If today is the, you know, the 14th of the month, well, your Bible reading today, first thing when you get up in the morning, is you read Proverbs 13 and Proverbs 14, being the 14th of the month. Now, tomorrow is the 15th of the month, so you read Proverbs 14 and Proverbs 15. You overflow the chapter before from the day before into today. Very, very good habit to get into. And you do that morning and night. You start your day with that and you finish your day with that wisdom. So we daily renew our minds to the word and then we obey those words. We live out those instructions. We think about them during the day and we give the Holy Spirit something to bring to our remembrance. You know, as we are going through our day, develop that morning habit get up half an hour earlier, play the Bible on CD in your house, maybe play quality teaching tapes in your car as you're driving around your car stereo, yeah. Switch off the telly TV, switch off the radio, the newspaper, well, not all the radio, but anyway, yeah. Switch off so many distractions in our own life and switch on the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul, yeah. James chapter 1 verse 22 James chapter 1:22 be doers of the word obey the message and not merely listeners to it betraying yourself by reasoning contrary to the truth so important now second timothy and in chapter 2 Timothy raises a particularly interesting thing here. In verses 15 and 16, this is commitment and habit at work. Study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God, approved, tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. But avoid all empty, vain, useless, idle talk, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Wow, isn't that good? So it's important we determine to make the word of God the first and final authority in our lives. Friends, we're nearly out of time for today. I'm just going to recap briefly on those few points that I raised today. Determine to drive disobedience and any rebellion out of our life. Disobedience and rebellion got to go. We determine to withdraw from angry, contentious, strife-comfortable people and from any abusive friendship. Some people are just comfortable in strife. Man, they're not happy unless they're warring with someone well yeah move away yeah lose the loser so determined to withdraw from angry contentious 
strife-comfortable people and from any abusive friendships. Determine to be a person that does and keeps and lives the commandments and the Word of God. Now, to do that, you're going to have to know what they are. So we're going to have to be studying our Bibles, reading our Bibles, not glancing at the Scriptures on our phone or our iPad. No, no, no. Get a Bible, read it, get to know the pages. Very important. Now, the last one for this week was determine to make the Word of God the first and the final authority in our own lives. Friends, thank you for your company today. I do appreciate you joining with me around the scriptures and we'll pick up this study again next week. Make sure you go to church this weekend. Remember to do something good for someone. Go out of your way to bless someone. See what you can do to help someone. Someone that may not necessarily, you know, look to you for any kind of assistance. Yes, it's nice to help your friends and family. But just do something extra for someone else this week. Just some little thing, yeah? Buy them, you know, maybe a few groceries or a cup of coffee or something. Whatever. Something that you can do. Just go around and visit them and say hello and encourage someone, yeah? Remember the words of the Apostle Paul. He said, you be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Have a great week. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Joe. We trust this message has been a blessing to you. Please visit us at www.livingsuccess.org to view our resources and downloads. That's www.livingsuccess.org. Living Success Christian Center presents another faith-building message from Pastor Joe Armstrong. Well, friends, thank you for your company. I do appreciate you joining with me again today as we look into part four of this study on determination. Now, remember the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 in the Amplified Version reads this way, For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Now, one of the key driving factors in Paul's intimate knowledge of the Christ is his determined purpose. My determined purpose is that I may know him. Yes. So determination and determination together with purpose are two very powerful things. And we've already discussed aspects of that. Now, uh, going further forward with this study and just having a brief recap. Last week, I spoke about uh, being firm in purpose or belief, be of an unwavering mind. That's what to determine or being determined means. Now, and I said determined to withdraw from angry, contentious, strife-comfortable people. And there are some people that are just happy in strife, you know, comfortable with that environment. It doesn't unsettle them. In fact, they sort of enjoy it. And yet Timothy tells us, I think it's 2 Timothy, isn't it? Uh, Chapter 2, it says, The servant of the Lord must be gentle unto all men, apt 
to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Yeah, very important. Those people that are in strife, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that are opposing themselves. So determined to withdraw from angry, contentious, strife, comfortable people, and from any abusive friendships as well. That's very important. I also said last week, determined to be a person that does and keeps and lives the commandments and the word of God. Remember Psalm 119 is so very important. Thy word, O Lord, is settled forever in heaven. Another thing I said last week was determine to make the word of God the first and also the final authority in your life. Very important. Now, turn in your Bibles, as I said, please, to Psalm 34, and let's look at verse 19. I'm reading from the King James. It says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord has delivered him out of them all. Now in Psalm 145 and in verse 14 it reads this way, The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up those that be bowed down. The Lord upholds all that fall and raises up all of those that be bowed down. Now In Proverbs chapter 24 and in verse 16, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. A just man falls seven times, yeah? But the Lord helps him. Obviously, we've looked at that. And what happens to that just man? He rises up again. The wicked shall fall into mischief. Now, in Hebrews chapter 6, I know I'm looking at a few scriptures this week, but it's very important we get our mind around this. In Hebrews chapter 6, and reading from verse 10, uh, once again in the King James, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. Verse 15 of Hebrews chapter 6, And so, after he, Abraham, had patiently endured... He obtained the promise. After he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now, a just man falls seven times and rises up again. Okay? What am I saying in all of this and looking at those scriptures that we've just read out? 
be of unwavering mind, be firm in purpose or belief. That's what we're talking about here in determining or determine and determination. So one of the things that we must determine in our life is we must determine to progressively change. Yeah. Now, allow yourself time to grow. Allow yourself time to develop in the things of God. It's not a reason to justify sin or wrongdoing. I'm not saying that. You know, in Romans chapter 6 and 5 and 6, they're talking about, well, let's sin more so we can get more of this grace stuff, yes? And Paul says, no, God forbid that, absolutely not. That's not what grace is for. But it is important that we allow ourselves time to grow, time to develop in the things of God. It's, as I said, it's not a reason to go off and justify sin or justify wrongdoing and justify the continuation of the feeding of the weaknesses of the flesh. No, 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 not doing that. What I'm saying is, is be patient. Everybody fails at some point, but champions get back up and they go again. We've got to give the Lord some time in which to help us in our Christian life. We need to give God some time to help things get done as we grow and develop and increase and mature. It's very important. I recently uh, flew to to Tasmania and I had a lovely flight down to Melbourne from Newcastle and then across from Melbourne to Launceston. It was a great flight. But I tell you what, it makes it takes a lot longer to build a 747 aeroplane than it does one of the little models at home that's a plastic one that you might build with your child. Yeah, it takes a lot longer to build a Rolls Royce than it does to put a couple of cotton reel wheels on a tin can and make a little car that way, okay? If we suffer from impatience, we're going to suffer more from the consequences of impatience. And yes, it's, it's great and it's wonderful and it's very necessary that we have a strong heart's desire to please God and to do the best that we can. All of that and to renew our mind constantly. Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Change our entire attitudes. Learn the scriptures. Memorize Proverbs. Read Mark chapter 4 every day about seed plant harvest principles because Jesus said if you understand this you'll understand all the parables read Genesis chapter 1 2 3 every day because that's where the precedents are set down but in the course of all of this yeah it's the same as little children that go from the milk of the word yes as little children grow and develop they go on from milk onto meat yeah and these things take time so if we suffer from impatience, we're going to suffer more from the consequences of impatience. Yes, we must determine to progressively change, but don't expect all of the changes to happen, you know, the first week. Not only that, probably your family won't be able to keep up with it all. Okay, now, there's also... You know, we think that maybe we're not progressing all that much. Well, something good will be happening 
that you're not seeing yet. Remember the seed plant harvest principles. Just keep working away, working away, working away, working away. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Something will be happening that you're not seeing. Remember you plant the seed, the seed's growing, 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 growing before it sprouts out the top of the ground, yes? And Years ago, I was involved with road construction and in the earth-moving industry and, you know, mighty national highways, enormous dual carriageways. They're built metre by metre, layer by layer, and it can take months, sometimes years, for these beautiful big roads, these big freeways to be built. And they're built metre by metre, layer by layer. It all takes time. I often wonder how many miracles have been lost in the sea of impatience and, you know, sunk by the waves of wrong words through frustration and impatience. And they say, oh, well, that's not working, you know. And they've just dashed their future against the rocks of impatience. Isaiah 28 is a fascinating scripture. Isaiah 28 and uh, verses 10 and 13. I've often looked at these and read them over and over. And uh, in Isaiah 28 and verse 10 reads, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Verse 13, But the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go, yeah? See, so it's increments, it's change over time, it's the understanding of the Word of God, and upon that new knowledge, upon that new understanding, upon the fact that we see this is now a requirement of Scripture, and that's what I need to do, that's how I need to speak or behave, or my conduct has to change in line with this. It's line upon line, yeah? So we will experience ever increasingly the rewards of change. God is not a man that he should lie, yeah? Okay? We will experience ever increasingly the rewards of change as we move forward, renewing our mind, the washing of the water of the word to the scriptures. So Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5 are wonderful chapters on change and managing the flow and the functionality of change. That's what I'm preaching in church at the moment. Managing that flow and functionality of change because it's an ongoing daily thing that occurs. So determine, we must determine, we must be of an unwavering mind. We must be firm in purpose or belief when it comes to progressively changing. So very important. And we change, of course, in line with the requirements of the scriptures. Now, 
Look at with me, please, in Philippians chapter 3, and we look in verses 4 through to 8. A fascinating couple of verses here. In Philippians 3, verse 4, Though for myself I have at least grounds to rely on the flesh. This is Paul talking about his own self. If any other man considers that he has or seems to have reason to rely on the flesh and his physical and outward appearances, I still have more. Circumcised when I was eight days old, the race of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew and the son of Hebrews. As to the observance of the law, I was of the party of the Pharisees. As to my zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. And by the law's standard of righteousness, supposed justice, uprightness and right standing with God, I was proven to be blameless and no fault was found with me. Paul is establishing his credentials here. But whatever former things I had that might have been gains to me, I have come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything, and I consider it all to be mere rubbish, refuse and dregs, in order that I may win and gain Christ, the Anointed One. Now, isn't that a fascinating collection of verses and statements from this incredible apostle? What am I saying here? Determined to eliminate risk and replace that risk with solid word-based knowledge and revelation upon which to then act. Okay, there's a risk now, there seems to be risk and risk-taking all the way through the Bible, yeah? From any observer's perspective, I mean, look at Daniel in the lion's den in Daniel chapter 6, yeah? Verses, I think it's about verse 10, isn't it? Now, also in Daniel chapter 3, we get Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... They get tossed into the furnace, but it wasn't just the furnace. They hotted it all up again. And the guys that threw them into the furnace actually died from the heat. And then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego get fired into this furnace and they're walking around and there's a fourth person in there with them. So, I mean, that's a very risky situation for those guys. It seems, it seems that only overcomers are rewarded and it seems that these overcomers appear to be very high risk takers. Now, every risk taker that I've looked at in Scripture, they've taken a risk based, though, upon a sound knowledge of God and who they are in God or who they are in Christ. David engaged in battle with this, you know, 
colossal behemoth, this uncircumcised Philistine. Now he said those words, the uncircumcised Philistine, meaning he knows that this guy, even though he's, you know, three or four meters tall or something, he's a giant. He knows that this giant has no covenant with God. So really, was it a risky situation for David? Now, Jesus, the man himself, when he walked on the earth, when he defeated Satan in the wilderness, he simply said, it is written. And everything hung on that written word of God that came out of the Christ's mouth. Now, as Paul said here in Philippians chapter 3, he said, I have lost everything and I consider it all to be just rubbish. All of the the qualifications, my place as a Pharisee, my lineage, everything that I've got, I've lost it all. But to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. So scripture shows us that being a risk taker is obviously part of acting in faith. However, these people that have done this and taken these risks, they've done it from a perspective of being firm in purpose or belief, being of an unwavering mind. Yeah, and their determined purpose is or was, okay? As Paul states here in Philippians 3.10. Now, the scriptures reveal to us that those risk-takers are not so much taking a risk, but more of a calculated step on God's word. Paul summed it up in verse 10, okay? In Philippians chapter 3, For my determined purpose is that I may know him etc. And reading right the way down, and from the power that outflows from his resurrection. So that raises the question, how much and how well experienced are we in knowing and working with the power outflowing from his resurrection, from the resurrection of the Christ? Obviously, we need to be intimate acquainted with that, to develop that, work with that, learn that. Okay, now in Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Then after an interval of 14 years, I again went up to Jerusalem. This time I went with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me also. I went because it was specially and divinely revealed to me that I should go. After 14 years of doing this, studying this, thinking this way, having lost everything and taking on the understanding or developing the understanding of the power outflowing from his resurrection, 14 years of this, I went because it was specially and divinely revealed to me that I should go. And I put before them the gospel declaring to them that I preach among the Gentiles. However, I presented the matter privately before those of repute, for I wanted to make certain, by thus at first confining my communication to this private conference, that I was not running or had not run in vain, guarding against being discredited, either in what I was planning to do or had already done. We had a very smart man here, a very clever man, a very articulate man, quite arguably the greatest deliverer of sequential truth outside of the Christ himself. He already was a Pharisee. He cut away everything that had to do with all of that. And he sat down and for at least 14 years, 
After 14 years of deliberate study and focus, okay, he looked into this. It was 14 years before Paul went up again to Jerusalem by revelation. It was not by some, you know, body's good ideas, not by emotion, not by one of his friends saying, hey, why don't you do that? Yeah, okay. Or maybe because he'd seen or heard someone do it on TV. No, 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 no. Okay. It's very interesting that Paul did it by revelation. Now in 2 Timothy, we're running out of time for today, but I'll just share with this with you. Chapter 4 and in verses 7 and 8, I have fought the good, worthy, honorable and noble fight. I have finished the race. I have kept firmly held the faith. As to what remains henceforth, there is a crown laid up for me, the victor's crown of righteousness, for being right with God and doing right, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me and recompense me on that great day. And not to me only, but also to all those who have loved and yearned for and welcomed his appearing, his return, yeah? Okay, so it seems in the kingdom system, battle decides rank, not birth. Paul risked everything he had and everything he was to become an overcomer in Christ. Friends, celebrate being in the book of life. Angels are being told your name. Your name is becoming familiar in heaven. You've stepped into the arena of champions the moment that you make Jesus Christ Lord. So it's very important we determine to eliminate risk and replace that risk with solid word-based knowledge and revelation that we then act out and apply to our own lives and get it all straight out of the scriptures. We're out of time for today. God bless. Have a great week. And remember to go to church this week. Thank you, Pastor Joe. We trust this message has been a blessing to you. Please visit us at www.livingsuccess.org to view our resources and downloads. That's www.livingsuccess.org. Living Success Christian Centre presents another faith-building message from Pastor Joe Armstrong. Friends, turn in your Bibles, please, to Exodus chapter 12. And as you do that, I'll just pause and pray for us. Father God, thank you, Lord, for all that you help us with. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading and guiding us into the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord, that as we understand more from your scriptures, Lord, we become more like Christ and grow up into Christ more and more every day. And Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Now, I've been speaking for the last four weeks on to determine. As Paul said, my determined purpose is. What does that mean? To have a determined purpose. And one of the things that if we determine to do this or this or this, whatever it happens to be, that means to be of an unwavering mind. It means to be firm in purpose or belief. And there's a said, there's a whole bunch of determinations and things that I believe need to determine to either do or not do based on the information and the revelation from the scriptures. Now, Exodus chapter 12 and in verse 36, and I'm reading to you from the King James, and the Lord gave the people 
people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them the things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. Now in Psalm 5, in Psalm 5 and in verse 12, for thou, Lord, for you, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Now, it's very interesting that we don't live a lifestyle that attacks that favor. We see in Exodus uh, 12, as I said, in verse 36, the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and they relieved the Egyptians of enormous components of their wealth. Now, Psalm 5 the Lord will bless you. He blesses the righteous with favor. Will he compass you around as with a shield? So we possess. God has given us the favor, his own favor, and that compasses us around like a shield. So obviously, uh, what's a shield for? For protection, for your benefit. Yes. So obviously, we don't want to live any kind of a lifestyle style that attacks that favor. So we need to determine to not live a lifestyle that attacks that favor and that shield of protection from God. Now, in Proverbs chapter 2 in the Amplified Bible, verse 6, For the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Verse 7, He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with him. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly and in integrity. So it's very important, I believe, we determine to not live a lifestyle that attacks that favor and shield of protection. And where does that shield of protection come from? Well, from us walking uprightly and in integrity. Very obviously, out of Proverbs chapter 2, verse 7 there. Now, if we're not being shielded and favor has slipped, then look for areas in our life where integrity has slipped. Yeah? What's integrity? Well, it's doing what you say you will do. Pretty simple. Integrity is just following through on that which you have said. We need to walk uprightly and in integrity. Now, Psalm 84 and verse 11 For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Very important. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. You be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. 
Wherefore, come out from among them, and you be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, it's very hard to walk uprightly when we're yoked together with the unrighteous. Yeah, very important that we understand that. It's very important that Christians don't walk unrighteously. How can God bless us when the wrong people are going to get access to your blessings? That which God is doing for you. Okay, and that which God wants to do for you, if you're joined to people that he doesn't want to do that for as well. (laughs) Okay, pretty simple, isn't it? Psalm 84 verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Now, I think the waters get very, very muddied when we're in a situation where we're closely connected with the unrighteous and in situations of unrighteousness and situations where our integrity is coming into question and being challenged. He withholds, obviously, he does withhold from them that do not walk uprightly. So don't be connected with them. Determine to not live a lifestyle that attacks the favor and that shield of protection from the Lord. I think it's also very important. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, yes. Now Acts chapter 3, verse 1, the hour of prayer. First Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 17 is a very powerful and very important verse of the Bible. Verse 16 says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, In everything, not for everything, but in everything, give thanks. Okay? Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. And remember also we see in Psalms that praise stills the avenger. In James chapter 5, powerful verses from James himself. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. If he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Okay? Determine to be a person of prayer and of specific prayer appointments. That's very important. We must determine to be a person of prayer. The psalmist prayed seven times a day. Daniel prayed three times a day. Yes, great men of God have great habits in God. Make appointments with the Lord, yeah? We do that that, the same. We make appointments for much less important people. So why should we treat the Lord as any less than them. Develop praying and talking to God as a constant communing thing with you and he. Yeah, But also get into the habit of at least one or two proper scheduled prayer appointments, formal ones, with the Lord each day. Discuss your day. Cover your problems and listen for his answers. Determine 
to be a person of strict prayer habits, making specific prayer appointments. When it comes to our prayer life, we really need to be someone of an unwavering mind, yeah? Be firm in our purpose and belief to uphold our prayer habits. Very important. Now, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, very strong verse, this one. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's where our faith comes from. The constant repetition of us hearing the word of God preached, taught, shared, ministered. Now, Hebrews chapter 4, this is very important, verses 1 and 2. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. That's not good, coming short of a promise. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let us hold fast the profession or the confession of our faith without wavering. Now we see in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, just over the page, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We reach, God responds, yes, but we do it through faith. Now, the point that I'm trying to make here is that I believe we must determine, and the scriptures uphold this, we must determine to feed our faith every day. Feed our faith every day. Absorb the promises of God. Study God's covenants of promise. We can only operate in faith according to our knowledge of his will for us. Yeah? If we don't know about healing, for example, how can we exercise faith and believe him for healing for ourselves? Okay? So what food are you feeding your measure of faith? that you've been given. We need to be firm in purpose or belief to do that, to be determined. Paul said, my determined purpose is to know him. Well, if we're going to do that, we're going to have to do it by faith. We must be of an unwavering mind, completely determined. You know, faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God, yeah? So what food are we feeding our faith? We can increase our faith by hearing more of the word of God, or we can keep it in seed form by what we choose to listen to or what we choose not to listen to, yeah? To learn and to grow and to develop in the things of God, we're going to also have to grow in our knowledge of the faith of God. Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 11, have the faith of God, yeah? Have the God kind of faith. Utilize that God kind of faith. So 
What is it that you listen to? How much and how often? The how much and the how often and the what actually it is decides the levels of faith that grow and develop in your life. We're called to overcome and we're called uh, to apply spiritual principles into our natural life here on the earth. We're not a natural person having a spiritual experience. No, we're actually a spiritual being mastering this natural experience. And that's why we need to feed our faith every day, because I believe, and the scriptures tell us, that the the Bible, the promises of God, let me read this to you again, in Hebrews chapter 4, you just turn back a couple of pages, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it, determined to feed your faith Every day. So very important. Now, Proverbs chapter 4. I think most of you will be familiar with these verses from the scriptures. In Proverbs chapter 4, it's the famous passage on the wisdom of God. And uh, we see here in verse 5, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not. She shall preserve you. Love her and she wisdom shall keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Okay? We know that Christ is made unto us wisdom in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. So I think it's very important we determine to actively pursue the wisdom of God and determine to have God's wisdom flowing in our life. You say, Joe, thanks for the information. What a great idea. How do I do that? <laughs> That's a fair question. Let me show you this in Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy chapter 4, we see a very interesting thing here. Deuteronomy 4 and reading from verse 5. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do so in the land, whither you go to possess it. Keep, therefore, and do them, these statutes and judgments, that God commanded Moses, yeah, and Moses commanded them to keep and do these commandments. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Now, to me, that also says this is your unfair advantage in the marketplace. <laughs> this is God blessing you in the marketplace of life. So how do we determine to have God's wisdom flowing in our life? We'll learn the scriptures. Wisdom is simply doing what God would do in any particular situation. I believe wisdom is simply saying what God would say in any particular situation. Jesus has made unto us the wisdom of God, whatever it is that we face, Today, just do what you know from Scripture that Jesus would do. It's got to come from Scripture. Very important. Okay? So we need to understand, to determine, to actively, actively, actively pursue the wisdom of God and determine to have God's wisdom flowing into our life.
Now in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 it says you bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Yeah? Proverbs chapter 3 verses 9 and 10 talks about the tithe and the seed and the offering, yeah? Mark chapter 10, 29 and 30, Jesus raised it again. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, okay? And in verse 6 and following, Paul was discussing the offering that was being collected for the saints at Jerusalem. And he said, don't give grudgingly, but give willingly, yeah? Every man as he purposes in his own heart. Let him give not grudgingly, but willingly. Okay? Determine to tithe and give offerings with earnest expectation of harvest. Very important. Okay? God requires us to be financially connected to him so he can be financially involved in our world. Now, we're running out of time for today. I just want to give you quick two more quick determinations I think that we need to determine to do. Proverbs chapter 1, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Proverbs chapter 1 and in verse 5. This is so good, so rich and so strong. Need to meditate this verse over and over and over. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you the richness in it. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Now in Hebrews chapter 12 and in verse 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. What am I saying here? Determine to listen to mentors and to receive correction. There are those that will listen but not receive. A mentor is anyone who consistently teaches you what you need to know. Mentorship is experience without the pain. It's experience without the price and experience without the period of time. Mentorship is God's way of fast-tracking your success. Be very careful to properly observe successful lives. People that have successful lives. Secrets do surface. Reasons for their success will open up to you. Pursue those mentors that God has made available to you. Gather and study their knowledge. Mentors help expose errors, and mentors assist with correction of mistakes. A wise man will hear and will increase. Yes, errors and mistakes must be minimized and eventually eliminated from our lives as much as possible. And we remember, this is the point that I'd like to finish with, determine to listen to mentors and receive correction. And as you move on from there, determine to develop the spirit of a finisher. Jesus hung on a cross and he said, it is finished. My part is done. It's finished. And yet to look at that, you'd think what a tragic situation. And his ministry was, you know, ended. The whole thing ended in tatters. But no, Jesus said, Father, into your hands do I commit my spirit. And he said, it is finished and gave up the ghost. Determined to develop the spirit of a finisher. Never, ever give up. Never give up. Your dreams, your goals, your family, your future are worth the effort and are worth the fight. Never, ever give up. Friends, we're out of time for today. 
I do pray that this study and determination has been a blessing to you. Remember the wonderful words of the Apostle Paul. He said, you be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Joe. We trust this message has been a blessing to you. Please visit us at www.livingsuccess.org to view our resources and downloads. That's www.livingsuccess.org. 